Welcome to Female Inner Power, the podcast for women who don't want to choose between work success and life happiness. I'm your host, Nomi Melkyonatan, leadership coach and courage catalyst. Each week, I will share a refreshingly honest conversation about how to trust your intuition, lead from female power in male-dominated spaces, and inspire you to be a more confident force for good in the world. Are you ready? Welcome, welcome to another episode of Female Inner Power. Today's conversation is with Sabina Fletcher, who has spent over 15 years immersed in the world of venture capital, private equity, strategy consulting and investment banking. She's a for-purpose and for-profit investor, a business angel who is delivering social impact, sustainable governance and financial returns. In fact, she's the co-founding partner in Masawa and... They're the first nurture capital fund to invest in early stage European founders that are catalyzing mental health and wellness. Not only is it about mental health and wellness industry, but it's also about looking after the founders and making sure that their mental health and wellness is looked after. There's so much inspiration in this conversation. One thing that really stood out for me was how Sabine talks about that us women often don't maybe have a long-term plan of where we want to be in five, 10 years, and then that's totally fine. And if we still want to go places, what then becomes really important is to develop kind of a superpower of turning every situation into an opportunity and really making the most of things and creating opportunities, building relationships and networks. And It's a relatively small section when she talks about the opportunity piece, but it runs through the whole conversation as a theme if you if you listen carefully. She also talks about how women in male-dominated industries often find themselves people-pleasing at the expense of their own inner power and career direction. There is so much here that I hope will help you reflect on your own world of work and in how you can create opportunities for yourself and being choiceful about what you invest in, whether you are an investor or not. It doesn't matter. We all invest in things with our energy, with our time, with our intention, and also with our money. So loads of inspiration here. So let's take a breath. And dive Sabina, welcome to the Female Inner Power podcast. I am really excited to have you here. Thanks a lot, Numi. Yeah, I'm also very excited. Will you start by just sharing what does your life and work look like right now? Yeah, sure. So, um, as you said, my name is Sabine Flecher. I'm actually French. I'm based in uh, Munich after having been in different countries and cities uh, for work. I am currently raising a venture capital funds called Masawa, which is uh, backing European founders, uh, catalyzing mental health and mental wellness. So really focusing on um, improving um, the stigma in, in Europe through solutions that can uh, provide better accesses to uh, treatments, addressing mental illnesses, but also providing um, solutions for um, emotional well-being, for mindfulness, 
And lastly, also investing in social determinants that also indirectly affect um, mental health. Um, so food and nutrition, education, and of course, uh, financial independence or financial wellness, which is a strong topic also for for women. So that's what I'm currently doing. I'm also on the board of uh, La French Tech Munich, which is a French-German initiative trying to nurture to the French-German ecosystem. So bringing French entrepreneurs to expand to Germany, but also German entrepreneurs to expand to France. Also helping VCs um, having cross-border deal flows. And I'm the vice president, president there. Uh, so really uh, helping to nurture uh, the French-German uh, access for I would say better European sovereignty and um, better European partnerships. Um, and then finally, I'm also a business angel. I invest in startups uh, coming out from the INSEAD community, which is where I did my MBA. Uh, we invest with a group of people into INSEAD-led startups. Uh, we also provide them the opportunity to pitch in front of our audience, which consists of INSEAD alumni. Uh, and this is all these three activities are actually quite very synergetic um, across each other. So um, always trying to uh, be at the forefront of technology and innovation, trying to see what are the, the new trends and supporting founders in their journey, because I think this um, category of people is uh, uh, quite ambitious and, and um, I'm very humble towards uh, their uh, achievements. I think they're doing uh, a great job and we need to support them. Amazing. So much richness in, in what you're up to. And before we dive further into that, just what does female inner power mean to you? Yeah, so female inner power, I would say it's the first time I'm I'm hearing this um, idiom or, or this uh, three words together. I think um, I like the inner because I think everyone should be able to um, identify what makes them thrive and blossom and that's your inner self so knowing yourself very well knowing what sparks your interest uh, knowing what uh, knowing what you're good at uh, knowing how you can empower others um, to also thrive and uh, blossom I think this is the inner part I like power is a bit too strong for me um, but I, I hear what you try to um, bring uh, to the table it's it's you know, also uh, bring that energy, that um, that creativity, that strength uh, for women to be maybe more themselves or to find in their inner self the power to be out there um, and to thrive. Um, and yeah, so I'm super glad to be on this uh, this podcast today to, to discuss this with you and to see how we can, um, you know, um, help other women to find their inner power, to find their inner selves to better thrive, to better blossom, flourish in an environment which is, you know, somehow difficult sometimes because you're facing people that are coming from different horizons, different perspectives that are usually also a bit more out there. Um, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, voicing up uh, a little bit more in the, in the society. Um, and I think, um, you know, we need to uh, help each other to, to get uh, where uh, we should be. Mm. I know you, uh, I think you started working in investment banking. Was that the first place you worked when you yeah. finished studying? Yeah, so I actually, my entire career is around male-dominated <laughs> industries. <laughs> so I started investment banking in London, then in New York. Um, I was in uh, merger and acquisition, focusing on sell-side and buy-side mandates for the TMT sector, so telecom, media, and technology. And... 
yeah, it was a it was a tough experience. I think it learned. Uh, I learned a lot from from it. To be honest, I mean, I'm also someone who. Um, I mean, I was always very good at school. Always had A's. Um, always was trying to reach for the best achievements. So for me, that was a no brainer to go into investment banking and try to uh, do. I was. I would say do as much as the guys are doing, right? So um, trying to be as uh, as good, as smart, um, as ambition, um, ambitious as um, the men in my in my in my classes at school. Um, and I think investment banking was also for me the opportunity to work and uh, leave abroad, right? Because I was I did my studies at ESCP, which is a French business school where you can you know, choose across different paths. You can do marketing, consulting, uh, you can do law, you can also uh, uh, do more. Uh, uh, and there's a, a, a wide range of options. So when you do a, a grande école, um, I chose finance uh, and I did a master in finance because I wanted to be able to work abroad. And that was, at the time, I would say the only career which uh, would uh, allow you to actually start from scratch in, in a city like London. So I did an internship, like the usual summer internship uh, of the investment banking crowd. And then I uh, went into full-time position at HCBC. And uh, it was a, an experience. Yeah. <laughs> five, five years there. So I, I know also even after that, you work, like you said, in, in very male-dominated in, industries. And I was curious when we were just chatting in the pre-chat that you said, because I hadn't expected this, that you said actually people-pleasing was one of the hardest things you had to deal with. You know, how did that show up? Did you know that when you started? I mean, I, I only knew that later on that that was what was going on for me. But did you know that when you started investment banking, did you feel that playing up? Or, or when was people-pleasing a an obstacle for, for you? No, I think, I mean, people-pleasing, I think I've, Unfortunately, maybe I've done it through my entire career. Um, maybe because I was in male-dominated industries and I wanted to please um, the men around me. Um, so it, it was um, a search for um, recognition, uh, a search for um, credibility, um, to just be the equal or to just be seen um, as an achiever, a go-getter, a doer, etc. So, and this was already at school. I mean, the school environment has a lot more diversity. Um, so I was people pleasing with also um, professors and teachers being male and female. But I think that's um, exacerbated in the investment banking and then following on in strategy consulting because um, my bosses were all male. Um, and so I started maybe developing this people-pleasing aspect to um, always try to be the best at, um, at what I was uh, working on, to overachieve results, to go the extra mile. Um, so when you are in investment banking or strategy consulting, it means also like when you're a junior, um, doing the best Excel or the PowerPoint presentation, um, you know, really like doing the job, but even going beyond it's um, making it really perfect. So that's also where the perfectionism comes. comes. But um, I think I realize this doesn't, I mean, it brings you recognition, it brings you credibility, it builds up your career. Um, but in the long run, it's uh, not so beneficial. I think it helped me at the very beginning to 
get promoted fast to uh, get all my milestones checked. Um, but at some point you realize that it makes also you go into maybe something which is not fitted to your personal path. And again, to your inner self. So talking about inner power, you know, by people pleasing, you're not looking at what is sparking your interest, what is pleasing you. And then you kind of shift towards uh, a life which is not yours. Um, and I realized this after strategy consulting, I think, when I decided to um, become a, a, a strategy consultant on my own, so as a freelancer, um, and decided to acquire my own clients, decided also to focus on um, topics, subject matters that I really liked, where I wanted to gain further expertise. This is where you start, like, you know, being more um, aware and uh, acknowledge a bit more um, where you want to go and how you want to go about it. Um, but the people pleasing factor is also, I was in a service industry, right? So as an investment banker, as a strategy consultant, you please your clients. So you always have a client. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, customer first. So you need to please that uh, category <laughs> of people <laughs> if you want to do a good job. So it was kind of a also embedded into the function I had um, as an investment banker as, or as a, as a strategy consultant. Um, but there is also like this um, approach of, um, and which I learned maybe a bit too late to say, no, like this is not what I'm going to do. I'm not going to stretch myself. I'm not going to go beyond that threshold to please even further when it doesn't make sense to me, right? You need to figure out where is the value out of that extra stretched. Is it, is it going to actually um, deteriorate my mental health? Is it valuable for the project? Is that incremental, you know, additional work or incremental um, step, is, is it going to change the outcome? And I think this philosophy, when you start like posing and figuring out, you know, like, is that really worth it? Then you realize that the people pleasing might not be the best option. And uh, yeah, so you know just being aware and yeah. being in the present and I think this is when I stopped like after strategy consulting I was by myself I was doing uh consulting uh on my own as uh as a hyper profish as um uh independent consultant um freelancer and then you you have more moments to pose to reflect to figuring out okay in which direction do I want to go so was that what helped you? Like the moments, the more space, was that when you sort of noticed your patterns more or was there a specific situation beforehand where you where you felt that it was damaging your mental health or wasn't right for you? Like were there specific circum situations? No, or, I mean, it's, it's just a question of, of posing. I think it's just a question of uh, having time to, to reflect on uh, the last uh, five years I spent in investment banking, to have time to reflect on the five years I spent in strategy consulting. Actually, every five years, I'm kind of having this moment of awareness. <laughs> After HSBC, I went to INSEAD. I did my MBA. That was super intense, so I wouldn't call this a, a pose. But at the end of the day, you are... Um, you, you are asked to think about the last five years and to think about the next five years, right? So you have this moment of, of um, self-development where you um, start identifying what are the like different moments in your career that brought you here and where do you want to go forward? 
And then I had five years in strategy consulting and I stopped and I realized they wanted to move me to London. And this is where it, like, I think the trigger event was this, do I actually really want to go back to London? So I was in Munich. I was like, no, actually, I don't want to go back to London. So, and then I quit and then I realized, okay, now I have time to really think about what I want to do, what sparks my interest. Um, and this is basically the time I spent also meeting a lot of people. So I'm, I'm also a very curious person. I'm, I'm, I'm a very extrovert, so I get my energy from meeting others. Um, but I think this is also something that I really valued is building up my network and meeting with people with different perspectives, with um, different types of jobs, functions um, that could just um, expand my horizon. Because when you're in investment banking and when you're in strategy consulting or whenever you've been in the job for more than five years, you your horizon tends to kind of be limited to what you learn on the job. You don't see, first you are, and that's what also I was um, figuring out, like you don't think you're capable of doing anything else than the job. Like you realize, where, will I be able to learn something new, to do something else, to go to another company and work for a different department and you know, like you're so limited to the views that you have within your existing job that you don't realize the potential you could have outside of that job. Like when I left consulting and I became freelancer, I was terrified. How am I, I going to acquire a client? I was in Munich. My German was good, but since I've been staffed all <laughs> for the past five years on English speaking projects in Scandinavia, Eastern Europe, in the UK, my German was... Uh, professionally non-existent and then suddenly I was basically by myself and looking out to acquire new clients and this is where your network helps you because you talk to people you explore new opportunities you also understand what are the different jobs that you could do like multiple perspectives of people that are in these jobs and then you start like gathering uh, collecting um, insights inputs um, to explore a new path and that, that helped me a lot I actually found it really interesting how you said um, uh, to me in some of the questions I asked you beforehand, how that bit of building relationships, you, you really go there. So even when you already have a job, if you're in, invited to an interview, you still say yes. And you, you said that it's an opportunity to to meet people. I, I'm curious, can, do you have more examples of like how you do building relationships and networks? Because it's something that most of the women I've interviewed here on the podcast have talked about the value of that. But I also think that so many of us are just busy and we like we don't manage to find a good way. So I, maybe you can inspire yeah, us with I, some of your stories. Yeah, for sure. I mean, time time is is the constraint. I mean, time is limited. We all have, you know, families, relatives, friends, um, other things to do. Um, so that would be the limited factor. But if you have time, meet with anyone you, you you would like to get to know, has an interest in knowing you. Um, and I'll explain to you why. I mean, when I got my job at, at Solon, Management Consulting, I also uh, were, was interviewing for BCG and for an, another two uh, strategy consulting firm. And I remember to still go to the interviews um, because I just wanted to, you know, I had the offer and I really, I was pretty sure I was going to go to Solon. But I still wanted to get to know the people because at the end of the day, you never know if you're going to cross path again in the future. Um, and if these people are going to have a good memory of you or not, 
if they're going to be helping helping you in the future. Um, you might change path of career several times um, during your life, right? I started investment banking. I went to strategy consulting. Now I'm in venture capital. Like I am still contacting people from the investment banking um, third of my time because I need them now for venture capital because these guys have been extremely, extremely rich. <laughs> <laughs> they could become investors, you know, and I work with them. They know me, have credibility, right? So this, these connections uh, might be posing for a certain amount of time, like 10 years, but, you know, in 10 years, you might actually like want to reconnect because you, um, you might is also like be, um, uh, discovering a new a new activity a new sector like you need knowledge and then suddenly someone you've known 10 years ago um, is an expert in I don't know hydrogen and then you're studying hydrogen for a different project so I think you never know how life will unfold um, and therefore like any connections from the past can become a connection of the future so that's the first point the second point is um, every connection brings you new connection Right. And this is what I learned. I mean, I think it's, you know, everyone who works in sales would uh, tell you the same. Right. So I'm meeting with someone that person might not be buying my product or in my case, investing into the fund that we are currently raising, but he might know people he might have some connections. And then, you know, like it's um, it's the rule of three. I think like when like you connected to everyone else through three kind of direct connections. Um, and this enables you to multiply your um, network to like reaching out to actually the right person that will bring you better inputs or uh, not better, but like uh, relevant inputs or um, get you exactly what you need, right? He's going to be or she's going to be the perfect fit to your question, to your request or et cetera. It might be two or three degrees um, from a direct connection. And I think this is what, people sometimes undervalue is they get a request from something which doesn't seem relevant at this point in time and they just decline the offer to meet whereby by doing that first I think well um it's 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 usually not really nice to to decline or for the person who is receiving the decline um, but at the same time, like you then meet that person, that person could bring you to like another connection, or you could actually also in your network help that person with um, a, a direct uh, answer. And as such, that person will be very uh, thankful and will remember you as someone who helped them in their journey of building something. And then, I mean, this has then also future consequences of when you meet that person again, that she will do something for you as well. I, I'm a strong believer of serendipity and, you know, the the universe will give you something back if you do something today. So it's it's this give um, give back policy. Um, so yeah, I, I would always, I mean, I'm right now meeting with startups, um, which I can't deploy capital into because we haven't raised the fund, but I also, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a strong believer that we will be able to help each other at some point in the future. And another point, I mean, the my reasoning also comes from my situation. I came to Germany not knowing anyone, right? So I landed after INSEAD in Munich, of course, and thanks to my INSEAD MBA, I had the INSEAD network. 
but I had to build my entire network from scratch in a new industry, venture capital, after strategy consulting. And I, I am super thankful and I really appreciated the help I got at that point in time where people from the Inside Network helped me to get into startups, helped me to get into VC through conversation. And now I want to give back to this community and to the people who helped me. And so I would definitely do this over and over again because this is how I managed to be where I am now. It's thanks to my network. It's thanks to connecting with people. So just saying yes to conversation, yes to meeting people, even if you don't know if you can help them or they can help you, or if it's relevant, just say yes to meeting another human. Yeah. I mean, again, time is the constraint. So don't <laughs> yeah. burn yourself meeting with people. And you like, you know, you also still have to do your work. So I'm not a big fan of like having back-to-back meetings yeah. uh, either. Um, so maybe you have to choose a little bit more um, or be a bit, a bit, be a bit more picky. Um, but I, I would always say that you never know what a person can bring to the table before you met with them. Um, and it might not be that, you know, the email that they forwarded to you or the, the request that they had might be very specific. And then suddenly through the conversation, you realize that you have a lot more synergies or overlap, or they can introduce you to someone who is helping you, uh, on the other side. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's not saying yes to every meeting, but it's building your network. That's definitely something that helped me a lot in my career. I was curious. You said one thing that um, uh, that most of us are not good enough at thinking about our future, and and if we're not doing that, at least we should use opportunity. Or we should we should be better at creating opportunities out of things, and spontaneity should be our best friend love you to talk more about that yeah. I thought that was such a cool way of talking about something I think yeah spontaneity should be your best friend that's because I'm really spontaneous I mean spontaneous sorry my I'm, I'm bringing some German words into, <laughs> into this English um speech but um yeah I think um so I've never been the person who does a five-year plan 10-year plan in in her career, right? So I was terrified by the question from HR uh, during interviews, like, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? I had to ha- actually have a script of, you know, where do I see myself in Because I never really thought about like, um, yeah, choosing for me is actually a very difficult um, task because choosing means renouncing. So you need to basically give up on certain things to choose. And my entire studies have been about opening doors, right? So I've done a, a clinical ASAP. It's opening doors. You're not going into medicine. You're not going into law. Uh, you actually like providing multiple options to your career. You can do marketing, you can finance, you can do um, uh, HR, et cetera. So my, the beginning of my career has been to, to kind of keep these doors open because I didn't want to choose, right? So I went into finance because it was apart from also like getting another door open, which was working abroad. So I was able to go outside of France. Um, it was also like finance gives you the basis to work in uh, probably most of the different jobs that are out there. And then as you can see throughout my career, I changed functions and I changed country. So I'm kind of someone who is also very um curious and and doesn't want to settle 
which is hard for my co-founder and my partners in crimes because then they're like, when are you going to leave in five years again? <laughs> no, at some point I need to settle. But I, I have this unsettling, which is I, would, I, would, I want always to learn. So, and since I didn't have this five-year, 10-year plan that all HR um, people ask, um, I took the kind of the strategy to think about every opportunity as or every situation as an opportunity right so I didn't have a plan but I had um, to transform every single situation into something beneficial for my career um, and I think this is you know we talked a little bit about it before about failure about like things that didn't go the way I expected I don't think about them as failure I think about them as learning moment right so learning expedition I yeah, it didn't go the way it expected, but you know, it it's it's something that might have had to happen for me to learn that I need to go this way, this path, or um, I've have to settle down in this in this uh, in this context. So for me, like this this remaining spontaneous, remaining um, aware of what's going on around you, and you know, grabbing this opportunity as they come is super important and learning in the process of course yeah can you give us an example of of one time in your life when you've done that taking something that uh, maybe didn't look like an, an opportunity but somehow gone for it anyway or create an opportunity where maybe other people would have just gone oh I have plenty I mean all my projects are like this <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a you know I don't go through a list of photo show clients and like, okay, maybe these guys going to have a project. Maybe these guys are going to have a project. No. So of course, when you're investment banking or in strategy consulting, you, you're, you're an employee, you, you have a, a career path, uh, you're an associate, become a principal, then a director, then a managing director, then it's kind of set. Like your plan is, is there. If you come away from that path and if you start being freelancing, for example, or acquiring your, new, your own projects, then you start thinking, a little bit more strategically, but in the sense of like, what are the opportunities around me that I can tap into to get what I want or to um, leverage them to get where I want. And so after Solon, I um, I mean, I, I, I would call it serendipity, right? Um, every single situation, I transform it into an opportunity to learn something. So I uh was uh, meeting with a friend from INSEAD who had an opportunity to work for a startup in Berlin that enabled me um, to uh, expand my network in the startup and VC ecosystem in Berlin. I mean, it was a huge stepping stone in terms of networking and, and building that ecosystem and that knowledge because from consulting, I was mostly working with large corporate, like a Prozeven that owns, like an Axel Springer um, or like a Deutsche Telekom but never with the startup ecosystem. So that opportunity just um, brought me to kind of step into an ecosystem uh, which I didn't know. And then through, you know, meeting with people, um, um, having um, different um, stakeholders and different discussions through uh, this project, I was able to kind of build my network from, from scratch. So that was an opportunity I took. I could have said like, mm, you know what, this is not really like what I want to do or it's not part of my career plan because I want to go straight into VC. It was not VC. It was just purely like helping a startup uh, build up 
their business development team, their um, uh, investor relation, and deal with uh, a few M&As. So which my background, so my past was very fitted towards that. And this is why I was chosen. My future was a little bit like, well, but hold on, I want to be in VC. Why would I go that way? But at the end of the day, that brought me to um, discover the startup ecosystem in Berlin and to build relationships there. And this is how I got my job in my last VC at Lidex Capital Partners, because through these um, uh, meetings and through through these connections, I was able to meet with my uh, previous boss who hired me to head the early stage part of uh, Lidex Global Partners. Um, another occasion is very recently, right? I was um, doing different projects for VC funds, um, French VCs that wanted to come to Germany, um, um, German VCs that wanted to expand with a new opportunistic fund. Um, and I... I knew I was gonna. I knew I wanted to go more and more into impact investing. I just didn't know which which type of fields. I for me, like my biggest belief was we need to invest in things that matters. Like forget about the gadgets, things that we don't need. We need to provide capital to the ambitious entrepreneurs that are also caring about our planet and our society. Right. So these impact investors, and I got invited by the BMW Foundation to a seminar called Responsible Leadership which is about uh, um, providing um, support to um, founders from the cohort, from the Respond Accelerator, in terms of uh, mental health, but also in terms of um, uh, leadership experience. Because as an impact entrepreneur, not only you have to build a viable business, but this viable business needs also to be good to the planet and to the society. So you have a double pressure. And through that double pressure, this is where the responsibility and, and, and it comes from. And this then um, taught us the, the responsible leadership. And this is where I met my um, current co-founder, uh, Joshua, um, who uh, we've been now working on uh, Masawa to raise the fund. And this um, situation or this context, I just took the opportunity to learn more about what he was doing and to understand a little bit, you know, I did my due diligence too. Like it's not something that I just jump into because there is an opportunity and here we go. <laughs> um, but the situation, the context and the timing was right. I think timing is also a key in, the, in this being spontane and transforming every situation into opportunities. You need to be ready to be open to accept that opportunity and to see the potential uh, in this. It seems that curiosity, learning, and not being too narrow-minded when you so you say yes to uh, more than what is obvious. You say yes, and and you're kind of open to, and also there's no no need for instant gratification. Like it's quite like well, I don't know if there's ever if any of us can help each other, but we'll we'll see what happens here, and we'll meet in yeah, good faith. Yeah, I think I think I learned this from actually the the entrepreneurs that I uh, advise or or support. Um, it's this iteration process. So I never say yes fully. So every single um, jobs that I took now since um, strategy consulting, I just say, you know what? Let's work as you know an independent consultant freelancing for now. We see how it goes. You don't have the burden and the pressure to uh, employ me as a full-time employee. Um, we can stay like this for a couple of months to see if it fits because more often than enough, um, I, and this is also something I learned in my career, you know, certain personalities, certain ways of working, 
that just don't match together. And this is okay. Um, I think this is okay to acknowledge and to be aware that not everyone is meant to be working with everyone. And so I'm allowing myself to have three months where I iterate this relationship. I try it out. I um, experience it. And I also give that opportunity to the company or the person in front of me to do the same. So that it's kind of um, uh, a time where we scrutinize a little bit each other, where we do our due diligence by experiencing, by experimenting our way of working, our relationship. And and that for me was essential to um, keep that spontaneity, that curiosity, to be able to um, identify exactly, you know, if this new assignment was filling up the gaps that I was looking for. I like it. It's like not a full yes. It's like a yes, but like a, it's more like a dating yes. Let's date. Let's yeah, date and exactly. let's explore. <laughs> let's explore yeah, and see how it there is. There is nothing worse than, you know, having to break up with mm. a relationship. Um, so in the dating example with, with your partner, but also in a professional uh, setting with also your partner, because this is, um, this, this, is emotional this um takes time um and and these founders uh, or or a partner's conflict can really have a uh, deteriorous effect on your mental health on on your self-confidence as well because you know it just puts you down it's rejection um but at the end of the day if you kind of transform this rejection into you know what it was a good ride but we're not meant to be together we're not meant to work together we learn from each other, but we are not compatible. It's fine. It's not like for me, just realizing that we're not meant to be with everyone. It's it's also fine. The same way that I don't think there is only one person that you're meant to be with. It's like this, the one in professional or in personal setting is also a myth, uh, I mean, in my opinion. So there are people that you will get along super well with, others okay, and actually the the work you need to do or the challenge is to bring the imperfection of the others into uh, more potential. So to tone down maybe the imperfection to work on and identify, okay, what makes this relationship or working together so magical? The same way with me, I have, I'm not perfect, right? Um, I have attitude. I can be pretty uh, good getter in a blunt way. You know, um, I, I set deadlines, you know, I'm, you know, in, in, Different constellation, I'm more the bad guy and my co-partner or my co-founder is the good guy. And this is how we work. And actually, that's the best combination ever because we complement each other. My imperfection has is our is perfection and his imperfection are my perfection. He's very visionary, not process-oriented. I'm giving him deadlines. I'm like a doer. So we need this by, etc. Because otherwise, we just dream. So um, finding this combination. So, so first one, realizing that not, everyone is meant to work with everyone and that you know they are matches that just get the better of the two of you together and then if there is a match like trying to find out how you tone down the imperfection but how you make the potential the 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 skills of the others thrive and and how do you complement each other i think is 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 where the magic operates and that's that's where your role is to identify this and these three months of iterations or of like let, let, let's date um, enables you to find out um, these characteristics. Is it also through your 
network and, and was it like the way you got your board position or you call it the, the VP position is that was that through random conversation or was that something you were deliberately looking for no um again <laughs> I think like um I mean I, I always said you know you shouldn't wait for things to come on the golden plate you should go get them if you really want them um, this one, though, was brought to me and I took this as an opportunity to um, also become more credible on the French term. And I said, you know, I'm always kind of I'm going into a foreign country. I don't want to be with my French counterparts because I want to discover and curse. Let's emerge myself in, in the local scene. It's been 13 years now in Munich. I think it's time also to go back to my roots. So I'm super um, happy to actually be. Uh, at the forefront of the French German ecosystem and enable enabling this um, to to flourish. And Karine, who is the pre president of La French Munich, and Nicolas, also board member, just um, called me up one day and said, "Like we're setting this up." That was April twenty twenty one. Do you want to be part of this? And I was like, "Yeah, I usually don't like so much of this Frenchy thing." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like, as you, as we mentioned already several times, like diversity, different perspective, etc. But I felt, you know, as a European, I think it's also very important to have very strong pillars. And France and Germany need to cooperate even more to bring the best practices, to bring the scalability of the startups even further. And so for me, that was more of a European perspective than a pure French initiative. And that's why I said yes. Um, but so if I look at other opportunities I had to join boards or to be a sparring partner because um, as um, as I mentioned to you to the in the pre-chat I mean for me a board member is 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 very official but you can play the similar role as a sparring partner you know advising providing good governance um, being an external eye um, that's control but at the same time give also new ideas so that you can be at any point in time. You can be this to a peer. You can be this to a friend that is uh, starting up a, a new company. Um, you can be this to the people you are uh, empowering, so of your juniors. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just um, putting yourself in this position early enough so that you're being seen for your expertise that's becoming visible, right? And then you learn on the on the get-go right so you become an expert into a certain field uh sort of industry uh, and then people will look um uh, and search for you because you have that that um you become a thought expert so you kind of advocate of like just be helpful go be helpful and learn and grow and build connections as you do and then that will bring more is that the, the way yeah um <laughs> It, it it sounds very uh, intense because you know <laughs> our our day are limited to to twenty four hours, um, but at the end of the day, it's uh, probably um, always uh, continue learning, right? So have a, a steep learning curve, and that learning curve you can you can get it from. I mean, I get it from meeting with people. So I'm I'm a I'm a really bad. Um, documentary watcher um, magazine reader um, I need to experience this this new knowledge with people that I'm talking to so for me like uh, the best way I can learn is a workshop with others it's a uh, it's a one-on-one -on -one discussion um, it's a it's an MBA um, it's a, an executive education so things like this where I really can start learning a new 
uh, a new field or uh, new insights, even from a conversation, uh, a coffee chat with someone, you learn so much from their own insights on their expertise on their field. Um, so learning is key and through that learning, it's building your network, I think. Um, that would be like the, the two things that we probably mostly talked about during this uh, this uh, podcast. Um, yeah. Talk to me about mental health. I, I love the way that, you know, the venture capitalist fund and Masala is like, you know, interested in impact and mental health. And was there a specific reason why mental health? Yeah, so... At uh, Leadex Capital Partners, I was managing a portfolio of 70 companies um, and we were the first institutional investors and COVID hit and we were focusing on food tech, right? So the entire uh, uh, solutions for food systems from agriculture tech to supply chain and logistics all the way to the distributions in restaurants, retail, at home, etc. So when COVID hit and you have a portfolio which is entirely exposed to this field and this industry that, that uh, hurts quite a lot, and I, as a VC, I felt really hopeless. I felt I couldn't help them. Um, my only um, uh, involvement or, or input would have been to provide capital, but um, our main um, limited partner, our main investor decided also to stop down uh, investing. So we were shutting down basically the, the venture capital fund um and i really uh felt that as an investor i have also certain responsibility towards my founders and my entrepreneurs to help them out beyond just the capital and that's where i try to provide some help um on on the more soft part of the journey because i'm i'm super humble towards entrepreneurs i, I find that they have um such an um, difficult journey with ups and downs with hiccups and we as investor um, it's a relationship that lasts for a long time right so almost 10 years we, we we're there also to support them to accompany them during their journey and our role is also to be there in the good but also in the bad moments and to support them and so that's where I started feeling like I want to be my value add should be just more than providing capital but it's also being a sparring partner an aspiring partner is there to uh, provide um, a different opinion, but also to encourage, um, to support in 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 bad times, um, to provide ideas and to control, um, so that also things um, you know are not uh, totally out of hand. And then I met Joshua, um, and Joshua was setting up uh, Masawa, which was not only focusing on backing these European founders that are. Um, catalyzing mental health and wellness so building solutions in that field but also building what we call a nurture capital approach which will support also their entrepreneurs with their mental health so there's a um, kind of a community a roster of therapists leadership coaching tools that are at the disposal of the founders and their team that they can pick into to make sure that their mental health is thriving but also the organizational or organizational health of the company is thriving so and the idea or our investment thesis is basically that if we can reduce um the human capital risk which are caused by bad or um deficient mental health so founders conflict team conflict 
absenteeism, uh, lack of retention, lack of productivity within the organization, then you have probably um, less frequent startup failure, or at least you can optimize or um, provide a better support for founders conflict, for, for example. So we, we're not gonna avoid founders uh, separating, but we might be able to uh, smooth the process out so it doesn't put the business at risk. And so through this mental health support, we, we think we can actually help reduce the number of startup failures. And that as a VC that cap your downside scenario, right? So you have less startup failures, so better financial returns and of course, better social outcomes. Um, but for me, like impact investing was already kind of a very strong um, commitment that I put myself into after um, my first VC experience. I wanted to invest in things that really matters. And then the social impact is, and this is maybe just to come back to one of your question earlier, like why I'm not um, following the usual path or the most obvious path. So if I wanted to do impact investing, the most obvious path would have been into climate tech, you know, environmental friendly solutions um, where everyone is going. Like this is a buoyant market, super bullish. Everyone is investing in this. But I felt, you know, it's good to have um, environmentally friendly solutions to build um, things that matter for the planet. But what about the society, right? At the end of the day, I think if we, each other, are not able to talk to each other, are not able to communicate well, um, dis are disrespectful, are not providing empathy or compassion to society, then these solutions won't um, matter and won't be sustainable, right? So I think it's twofold. If we need to make sure that these solutions are viable and sustainable. So we also need to make sure that the founders are not burning out and are having a good mental health. But also I think the social impact comes um, as much as the environmental impact, right? So if we want to uh, protect the planet and build solutions that are eco environmentally friendly, then we also need to look after the society that are building the solutions and making sure that you know, trust relationships are there. Like there is um, uh, compassion and empathy, as I said earlier, uh, that there is transparency between people, that people communicate well. Um, and so that each individual is well in their shoes so that they can also um, empower and protect others. And I, I think this is also what I learned at, um, and, and uh, again, an executive education that I did on top, um, that's my way of learning. Um, I did a, a high-performance leadership training at IMD, and they came up with this concept of secure base. And this is exactly like what we try to bring at Masawa to the founders. So the value add that we bring is this care to their leadership. So it's finding a secure base for yourself. A secure base can be a person, it can be a location, it can be an atmosphere that gives you enough protection, enough comfort, so that you can actually dare to risk, dare to go out of your comfort zone there to be innovative creative right so it's first you care and you provide a um an ecosystem um, um, a base or uh, an environment where people feel comfortable people feel, feel protected which en enable them then to get the extra mile to get outside of the box so that they can innovate they can um, be creative and they can dare so and that care to their leadership is the fundamental of this secure base um, philosophy which i learned at imd and which we are
are now trying to apply also to Masawa because only if you have a team set up in the startups, right, where the founders enable their um, their uh, employees to to care, they will be then able to dare and to start like scaling up and 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 innovate further. And I think this is important, and that's why I'm super. Uh, yeah, excited about um, raising this fund and, um, and and bringing more solutions uh, in the market. Um, so let's see. I love not only, you know, the courses that you're investing in, but also that sense of that the values go all the way through that we invest in mental health, for example, but we also want our founders to have their mental health invested in and the whole way we do business is about it being, you know, a good base, like where we care for everyone. So that bit of, it's not just about the money. It's not like that's an unsustainable, unrealistic and unhelpful way to go about it. And we are, I mean, it's much more that a win for the people, a win for the planet, a win for the long term, a win for the future, um, rather than just um, win for the profits. So much, much broader to look at it. Yeah, um, we're coming towards the end of our conversation. I have one more question before we get to that question. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to find out more about you, about Masawa, about everything you're up to? Um, so I'm pretty responsive on LinkedIn um, usually, so you can reach out to me there. Please uh, provide a certain message so I can get a little bit of the context because just an invitation to connect doesn't really bring me to know who you are and what um you know what's the kind of uh, the role i should play in, in your request um so that would be linkedin and otherwise i'm also available if it's uh, related to masawa at uh, email masa uh, sabin@masawa.com um if that's is related to mental health mental health of the founder and venture capital beautiful thank you so final question um if you were to give three pieces of advice to any woman listening here who might be excited to do some of what has worked well for you in terms of opportunities and network and anything what what three pieces of advice and doesn't have to be restricted to that what three pieces of advice would you love to give to anyone listening that you've learned through your journey well i think we we discuss uh, at length uh the the learning curve so you know, at any point in time of your career, I think there's always um, some opportunity to learn and that learning experience can can come from um, anywhere. It can be a, a workshop, as I said, or an executive education, but it can also be coming from the people around you. And I would uh, encourage uh, women to go out there and meet people um, because that provides also a multiple uh, different perspective um, and meet people outside of your comfort zone, right? So uh, from a different uh field of activity from a, a different social class from a different country so that you, you understand also how things are done in a different setup or um, uh, in a different industry um, so I think this is for me like the two main outcomes especially of our conversation but if I also um, want to add one more that we didn't discuss much but it's uh, also find your secret source who are you you know, like what exactly sparks your interest and where do you want to go? I don't think you can do this at the very beginning of your career because you're still searching for yourself and you're exploring and you're trying to discover. But at the, like the mid time of your career, it's also like finding, instead of people pleasing, please yourself. <laughs> 
what exactly is pleasing you and make that like your mantra so that you can really also identify the uh, the right people the the right directions um the the right learning experience that you need to get to to kind of um 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 uh what's the word kind of make this flourish right make this um bring this to life basically this secret sauce i love that please yourself and figure out what pleases you so you can you know focus more on that and bring more of that in love that so much thank you so much for your time today thanks a lot for having me it was a lovely discussion Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so that you get notified every time there's a new episode. And I would so love it if you would write a quick review as that really helps others to find and trust the podcast. You can do that at lovethepodcast.com forward slash FIP. And remember, no matter what's going on around you, it only takes a single breath to start grounding back into your power. So, let's take a breath. Feel your power. And go spread the magic. <laughs>